0: Hey guys and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. The first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I'm your host Nick Williams and this week's show is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Books-A-Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rural King, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. All right, guys, we're back, and I hope y'all enjoyed last week's special episode on car Fishing. Uh, I played hooky and spent the week up around the Coosa and Talapusa drainages, and man, just let me tell you, it was nice to go play in some real cool, clean water, real different from what we got back home here. Um, I did manage to catch two out of four species of red-eye bass that you need to complete the Mobile Basin Slam. If y'all aren't familiar with that, y'all can go back and check out the podcast episode that we did with Dr. Matthew Lewis on that topic. Uh, I caught a Talapusa and a Kusa bass. Um, as well as some other new species for me, I'd never caught an Alabama bass or a red-breasted sunfish. We don't get them this far south. But I had a blast fishing up there. I've definitely got the red-eye bug now. I'm going back up north this weekend to hopefully finish out the slam with a warrior bass and a cahaba bass. It's really been a real treat to become a bit more familiar with these fish and the really special waters that they inhabit. And it's really cool to kind of meet some members of the fly fishing community and delve into that thing for the first time in my life. So... Anyway, that's what's happening here in Nick's world, but let's go and see what's happening in the rest of Alabama. Y'all, stay tuned. All right, guys. For our first guest this week, we're blessed with Eric Cagle. He is a crappy fishing uh, master out on the Tallapoosa River systems. How you doing today, Eric? Hey, man. I'm doing good. I'm. 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 Uh, I appreciate you having me on absolutely well I, I wanted to have you on because we actually just got back a, a buddy of mine invited me up to lake martin for uh the week and we didn't do any super serious fishing because it was like 110 degrees out there <laughs> but man the little bit of fishing that we did we got skunked and we're going back next year so i was going to kind of you know selfishly pick your brain a little bit and uh see see what you do when that surface temperature hits 96 degrees and all them crappie they i don't know where they go but they don't go any of the places that we looked
1: so. It gets tough, you know. Lake Martin, being the clear water that it is in the summertime, really, you know, really after July the fourth every year, the fishing gets kind of tough there. And you know, it's really simple when you think about it. The sun penetrates that clear water and pushes the thermocline way down low. Um, and and when those fish, and and I'm speaking of of, of crappie now, you know, not not necessarily bass or stripe, but when those crappie have to go down deep like that, I, I think it's kind of like a you know a scuba diver or something like the the deeper you. Get go the more pressure that that builds up on you and i I think it's the same way with those fish i think when they have to go deep i think they they have a little pressure build up and i i I think that kind of you know makes them not want to eat and uh i think a lot of those fish in the in the summertime over there i think a lot of those fish eat at night i I think they feed at night uh rather than in the daytime and and uh you know if you're going to catch a mess of fish on the talapusa system now especially lake martin you know, you've got to be there at daylight or maybe a little before daylight, but uh, you got to get them early. You know, when when that sun gets up and, and it gets hot out there, the, the the bite's about over with. That's about the only time that, and those fish are still there. I mean, you know, uh, brush piles and, and, and a little deeper water, you, you can still see those fish and they're still in the same places, but you know, they just don't bite as good. They don't bite as well. But in the summertime there on on Lake Martin, uh, you know, I don't use minnows a whole lot anymore. I hadn't used them in in years. But you know, fishing Lake Martin in the summertime after July the 4th, I would uh, I would recommend a, a slip cork and and a live minnow. And uh, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't use them a lot. But that would be the time to use them. Just let them soak on that brush pile and and bug those fish and. You know, eventually one of them's going to get you know irritated with it and 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 eat it. So minnows would would probably be key there right now.
0: Yeah, I can see when when we were there, the little bit of luck that we had. You're you're absolutely right. It was first thing in the morning. Yeah. And as soon as that sun come up on the water, it seemed like it it dried up. How how long? Talking about you know slip corking on a brush pile in some deeper water and and fishing for really inactive fish. What's your rule of thumb for how long you'll let a minnow soak? before you kind of give up on it and go try to find some fish that are willing to play ball with you
1: man you know in the summer uh you know i would fish a lot longer i, I say a lot longer uh the rest of the year i, I don't I, i've got i've built so many brush piles in that lake that that i'll hit one you know 10 minutes is about my max i'll, sit, I'll pull up and fish that pile for 10 minutes and go now in the summertime when they're not really active, 20, maybe even 30 minutes, you know, you sit there and put that minnow a a foot or two above the pile and see if you can get anything to come out. If not, go ahead and, 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 and go down a foot, you know, until you're, until you're actually in the pile of fish. And, you know, another thing that helps is somebody's going to slip cork and minnow there in the summer is, you know, let that minnow sit. And of course, that minnow's down there swimming around, but every now and then, you know, you pop your cork and what that does is jerks that minnow up a little bit, you know, an inch or two and, and sometimes that'll, you know, when when that minnow's in front of those fish and they're looking at it, when it jerks up in front of one of them's face, you'll get a reaction bite a lot of times. So in the summertime, we'll let that that cork sit there for, you know, 10, 15 seconds. And if we don't get a bite, we'll kind of just pop it. And uh, and, and like I said, all that's doing is just popping that minnow up and kind of, you know, fast action on the minnow. And, and a lot of times that'll create a, a reaction bite for you, even even when those fish don't want to bite. It just... It does something to them. That flash does something to them in there, and and they just snap it out of out of instinct. You know, that, that, there's a tip for for slip court fishing in, in the summer. There, you know, let it sit and give it a little pop after about every 15 seconds or so. Or, or probably up your catch
0: a little bit yeah for sure I've, I've joked with my buddies that uh and this applies more for for in the spring when the fish are up shallower but i've always joked that somebody needs to come out with like a little one inch or two inch popping cork system like you use for specks and reds to fish on yeah. the brim beds and catch them crappie when they're up shallow spawning because i i believe that pop a little surface commotion helps what what's your preference on a on a slip cork what do you usually fish with how do you set up your slip cork rig
1: well yeah, my my Preference on the slip cork is just the, the old green and yellow Mister Crappy Wally Marshall slip corks. They have a they have a solid tube that go all the way through the cork that keeps them from getting caught up. Uh, and and there's several different yeah you know, several good brands of slip corks out there. But you know in my experience those you know and they're cheap they're not very expensive but. They come with a, uh, you know, your little your little line stopper ties and little balls to put on your line and all that too. But they're just a, a, a little small. I think it's half yellow and half green. Uh, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappy Slip courts and like I said, the the reason behind that is because the the plastic tube where your line goes through the cork at it goes all the way through the cork. That keeps your your line that cork from stopping on your line and you having to to mess with it a whole lot. But it, the, he makes a he makes a good little slip cork, and that's that's what we use most of the time. But uh, but like I said, you know the fishing the fishing is just slow, you know, uh, on Lake Martin when it comes to crappy after July the fourth every year. And this year it was a little later. It went into it kind of got slow uh, toward mid July this year. It kind of got slow a couple weeks ago, really. But you know the the catfish is really good. There, there's all kind of you know stuff you can catch. It's just the crappy fishing is a little slow. They they catch a lot of. We used to uh, to catch a ton of catfish on, on Lake Martin during the, during the hot summer. You know, the hotter it gets, the better they bite. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, different fish you can catch up there right now. But, you know, even, even if, if the crappie give you a, a headache, there's always something to catch there. They, they catch stripe or, or, or being caught in the summer there, too
0: yeah well you mentioned catfish so we actually we've we've been up there several times my buddy and i and we've usually gone earlier and done fairly well on catfish had enough that we could feed his family and my family pretty easy with a night of fishing and and, and do a fish fry with some catfish fillets but uh we caught a few but we struggled with that really i'm kind of embarrassed to say Do you have any tips for uh if, if that's what's hot in the summertime what's the way you go about doing that
1: yeah the the catfishing man you can catch most of the time you catch all the channel cat if there you want but the, the there is a little trick to it i mean we take a we take a five gallon bucket and, and fill it with feeder wheat just you know wheat that you can get at your local feed store and uh, you fill it about half full of water and let that wheat sour you kind of got to bait those places but anywhere you got a, a hard bottom or, or a rock point or basically a hump that's you know, a hard hump, like a rock hump, you can go out and, and just take a cup of that soured wheat and throw it in the water and kind of, you can kind of bait those places, you know, every other day or so if you're there and you can do it the same day too. It just takes them a little longer to come in there. But the way we used to do it is go by, I'd have four or five places out there that, that I'd go by at least every other day and throw a cup of that soured wheat in there. And that just keeps those fish there. And then when you pull up, you just throw your little wheat out and they know the, the drill and you know we used to just use a drop shot with a, any kind of worm or chicken liver i mean we used a lot of red worms but uh you throw your little feeder wheat in there and uh and, and drop your, your lines down and and it's on so uh the baiting part really helps and like i said you don't you don't necessarily have to bait them but uh, it, it makes the process
0: a lot quicker. You know, it, it's funny that you say that because after we tried, we ran some jugs up on the north end where the river comes in. And we've done really good in the, in the past in the spring doing that. And it didn't really turn out. So I told my buddy, I said, back in the day, you know, my granddaddy used to, to bait holes. And the way he'd do them was with uh, feed cubes. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I bought a few bags of, of feed cubes from the tractor supply there in Alex City and we put them out in three places and we came back and fished them that next morning. And one of them was showing fish really well on sonar. But I think we were kind of both getting to the point where we just weren't mentally in the game. And I don't think we fished it <laughs> enough, yeah. but it's good to know that we were onto something there. And, and I think, too, I've I've fished it maybe four days in my life like martin i don't go up there a whole lot but i, I will keep that in mind that, that we were on the right track next time we go up there i'll uh i'll try that
1: that that place is, is full man it's it's just packed full of look you know half pound to, to two pound channel cat i mean they're it's just crazy how many how many of them are in there and doing the the weed deal like i was telling you i mean i've sat there and actually sat there and watched them on live scope when i've thrown a a cup of weed in and i mean it, they're like piranhas coming off them. i mean it's it's crazy how many catfish are in that lake. And I think that's kind of a, a lost deal there because back when I was a kid growing up, you know, all those old timers used to catfish there. I mean, a ton of people used to catfish, but, you know, just not not so much anymore. Uh, and, you know, a lot of that's got to do with, with the boat traffic and stuff like that. But, you know, you can still get out of there and, and, and take, Take floats, you know, catch them float fishing, and and do it like I'm talking about with a rod and reel. As long as you bait those those areas, but that's kind of been pushed to the wayside, you know, over the, over the years because there's just not near as many people that that catfish there anymore. But it, you know, it sure is fun, and and they they eat really well. Those little channel cats eat as good as anything.
0: I, I agree with you entirely it's it's definitely a uh, it's not as glamorous of a sport as bass fishing or crappie fishing or a lot of the other things that you can do but it's 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 a lot of fun I haven't outgrown my affection for it. That's right but yeah I I've, I've enjoyed it over the over the years too and I
1: you know I used to do some some guiding up there uh we 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 run some catfish trips up there in the summer uh you know when the crappie fishing's been slow and that's you know that's kind of the the deal now we We'll go out and try to catch a few crappy early in the morning. And, and when that kind of dies out, we'll go, you know, we'll go catch some catfish.
0: There we go. Well, Eric, I definitely appreciate your time. And if there's anybody that would be interested in a, in doing a guided trip with you, what's a good way to get in touch with you?
1: They can look me up on Facebook. It's just Eric Cagle, c Guide Service, the letter C and the letter M Guide Service. Or my phone number is 334-558-4097. They can give me a call anytime.
0: Yes, sir. There we go. Well, guys, y'all be sure to check out Mr. Cagle. And uh, Eric, I appreciate you being on with me today, brother. Hey, thank you, man. All right, guys, let's take a little break before we go on to our next interview and hear from some of the businesses that keep this show free for you. This week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by Hayabusa. Hayabusa provides the world with outstanding fishing hooks. Hayabusa is manufactured in Japan with technical designs, functionality, durability, and styles that customers who want to catch more fish demand. Hayabusa Fishing works tirelessly to provide the highest quality products manufactured and ensures current and prospective customers achieve a higher level of performance by using innovative products, from sabikis and saltwater hooks and jigs to freshwater hooks. See what they're all about at hayabusafishing.com. All right, guys, for our next guest, we have Alex Davis. How are you doing today, Alex? Doing good. How are you? I, you know, I could complain, but they just beat me harder. <laughs> no, we've been we've been doing good. Just got back from a vacation, caught a few fish up on the uh, Tallapoosa River system, got to do a little fly fishing. And uh feels good, man. It's been, been the first time in probably a year since I've had a proper vacation. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Well, will you tell me that you've been catching a few fish. Uh, how, how have y'all done over the past week?
2: Uh, we've done pretty good. Um, it's still morning and evenings definitely the best. Uh, today, there was actually pulling water, and that seems to really, really, really help out things. Um, I think we ended up having 32 today, um, so it wasn't bad. Caught uh, We had like one night right at six and another one like five, so we had some quality bites and quantity, um,
0: but like I said, a lot of that was pulling water really helps walk me through if you don't mind in the heat why is that so important to have that water pull in that current
3: um it's just the
2: activity level of the fish it's it gets when they pull water like that it positions bait fish and the fish just know it when the water is getting pulled so that's like their time to feed um, a lot of times I think they feed at nighttime in the summer like we have now but when we have current, it triggers them to bite. So it's, I'm not going to say it's like nighttime,
0: but it's just, it's triggering their activity levels to be a lot higher than normal. Sure. And you find that that's really key when it, in the summertime, when it heats up and the fishing starts to slow down a little bit.
2: Yeah. It seems like you you always have a morning bite and then you'll have a evening bite. And then if you have current, you'll have the current bite. So you kind of get, you're always going to get two periods of the
0: day where they're going to feed. You'd hope to get three with current right well you say you caught 32 fish how how long did it take you to catch that many fish uh we fished six hours well that's, that's still not bad that's that's pulling in what six hours that's pulling in five fish an hour so you're pulling in a, a fish about every 10 minutes or so
2: yeah about 10 or 12 minutes so i mean it's not bad it's definitely has uh, better times throughout the season but as far as Water temperature's 90 degrees. I'll take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the water temperature up at Lake Martin when we were up there this past weekend, it was climbing up to 95. Even when you got up first thing in the morning, it was still upper 80s, and it, it definitely it hurt us at least. We're not we're not pros. Me and my buddy, but uh, what have y'all been doing to to capitalize on that early morning bite?
2: Uh, usually, just slowing down in an area. We've been throwing topwaters and uh, big worms um old monster worms or you know finesse worms and it's mainly just slowing down really fishing air very thoroughly um it seems like where they're biting they're biting in little areas so you don't want to fish through it too fast that's why we're just slowing down not you're covering water until you get a bite and then you kind of milk it for all
0: it's worth (laughs) sure sure and you you were saying too that you you were having some fish short striking um, is there any tips that you have for when you have fish who were just just missing that bait short striking it?
2: I wish there was a really good answer to that um Sometimes you can switch colors like if you're throwing a plum, maybe go to a red bug, but I think sometimes they just don't bite. I mean, I think sometimes they're just they're not in the mood and you're kind of you're almost force feeding it and tricking them, but they still don't
0: want to bite have you Have you had any luck like going to a smaller bait or anything like that?
2: I wish I could uh say i'm that versatile and i'm willing to do that but i like throwing a a big worm x zone they they have a it's a mag worm big ribbon tail worm or like a zumo monster and i just enjoy throwing it so i usually don't go any smaller because i just like to do it so i'll just take my misses as they come
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, sometimes uh, I guess that's the only thing that you can do. And if you're pulling in that many fish, a few short strikes aren't going to kill you, are they?
2: No, it's fun just to get that. You almost feel like they have a chance every once in a while. When you miss one, you just say, yeah, that is your lucky day, buddy.
0: (laughs) Well, is there any particular area... Uh, that you're keying in on there in that early morning? Is there there kind of a hierarchy of spots that you hit first when you're starting the day trying to find some fish? I've been fishing
2: the deepest grass lines I can find. So the grass lines that's in like 10 to 13 foot, the deep ones, they seem like they're more productive. Uh, I've tried some of the shallower grass lines, but they just
0: don't really seem that great. So it definitely seems like the the deeper the grass line, the better. Right. Is there anything, do you think this summer, because I know it's been just particularly hot, uh do you feel like it's been harder to catch fish this summer or do you feel like this is more or less something that happens every year
2: ah this is i mean everyone says the same thing every summer man it got tough
0: that's just we're, we're in august i mean that's just
2: kind of the we're, we're in august in the south and it's not the fishing's not great but it's not terrible so you just kind of have to take it as it is and capitalize on the bites you do
0: absolutely uh, is there any particular tips that you have for anglers who are or maybe struggling a little bit this week, this this month here in August, waiting for, you know, that kind of cool snap to come in and warm the bite back up a little bit. The best thing I can tell someone is get out there early and I mean like be at the water at daylight
2: and then fish till eight thirty, nine o'clock and then be out there in the evening time. You know, be out there at four or five o'clock in the evening and fish till dark. It just seems like that low light's the best best time to be out there.
0: Do you ever mess around any with fishing at night? Because I've had some luck down here, you know, eating dinner, kind of settling in, hanging out with the wife, watching a little TV, and then heading out there. Come you know nine, ten o'clock at night, and fishing for a couple hours. Is that ever anything you fool with, or do you try to just stick to the the daytime and catch them early? I used to. I used to like nighttime fishing. Between the bugs and staying
2: up late, I kind of just got to where I don't enjoy it. And for me, as I like to tournament fish, that's obviously what I do as well. You never learn anything at nighttime that can ever help you in a tournament. Because it's not like they have nighttime tournaments. So, I mean, they have little small ones, you know, on the weekends. But they don't have any big nighttime tournaments. So, I just don't fish at nighttime. I
0: I, I probably need to. I probably catch more. But I, I just fish during the day. That's, that's definitely fair i know it was a lot easier for me to do it when i was in college and it seems like every year it gets a little harder and a little harder to stay up
2: late so yeah, no, me, my me
0: staying up at night is not very easy so I, i'd rather just fish or i'd rather just stay out there till dark and get up early in the morning that's it well well you talk about doing it when it is a little bit darker uh have you found that uh, overcast days cloud cover does that help or hurt you this time of the year
2: i think cloud cover prolongs bikes by- so, especially if it's cloudy in the morning, you're going to get more of a feeding window in the morning um, versus that, you know, bluebird pretty sky first thing. It might might make for a cool sunrise, but it doesn't make for a long lasting bite. Does high wind help or? I hate wind, especially fishing worms and fishing slow and top water. I don't want wind, so I, I'd rather it be slick.
0: But clouds is nice. Sure. Was well, is, is there anything any uh, any hot tip you want to give people this week? Ah, uh, slow down. That's the best tip I can give you. Dog
2: days of summer, you just got to slow down.
0: There we go. I I can imagine if I was a fish, I wouldn't want to move too fast this time of the year either. No. Well, Alex, what's it good if, if people need a little help this weekend catching some fish and they want to book a trip with you, where's a good place to reach out to you?
2: You can look on my uh, website, com, or you can give me a call, 256-298-1178.
0: Absolutely. You guys, y'all go check Alex out. Alex, always a pleasure talking to you, brother. Thanks, sir. Yes, sir. Bye all right guys let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors this episode has been brought to you by hilton's real-time navigator the days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish you need the recent highest resolution images to not only know where to go but where not to go the knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's real-time navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. All right, guys. Welcome back for our final guest this week. We have Stephen Rockarts out there on the Cobber River. Stephen is a fly guide. Uh, I talked with him a little bit earlier today, and Stephen, it sounds like you've been pretty busy, brother. Yeah. Hey, Nick. How you doing, man? Man, I'm just happy, man. That's right. Hey, that's a good way to be. I'll tell you what.
3: Yeah, it's been uh it's been pretty good on the Cahaba lately. I um I love the summer months fishing it and uh and the fall months fishing that river. It it turns into a different animal. You know, that river has a heartbeat in and of itself and um it's got good fishing in the springtime. It's a little slow in the winter, but if you're willing to put the work in in the summertime and the fall time, those fish are active and they are hungry.
0: Well, that that's good to hear because I, I got the red-eye bug. I went up and uh, I was telling you, I, I went on the Coosa-Talapusa and caught two out of four for the slam and I had such a good time. I looked at my wife. I said, man, I got to I got to go back up there. I can't stand it. So we fixed to <laughs> go... Uh, me and, me and my uncle, I'm fixing to wake up at about 2 o'clock on Saturday and ride up there and try to hit it early and, and try to catch me a Cahaba bass and a Warrior bass. And then I got a feeling that it's going to turn into I'm going to have to do the whole slam and catch them other three species. And then by the time I got them <laughs> caught, I'm sure that uh, Matt over there at Auburn, he'll probably, you know, find a, another species that I got to go catch and do it all over again. So
3: <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, you. I don't think you'll be disappointed. The water levels right now are perfect. Those fish are... They're sitting in those in all those pools, the water level's a little bit low, the oxygenation isn't too poor because, you know, we've been getting those intermittent rain. And uh, with that dissolved oxygen just being a little bit higher than it normally is
0: and those fish being
3: stuck, they are hungry. They'll blow up on some top water, they'll they'll chase some streamers down. I think you'll have a, a mighty fine time actually.
0: Man, it it blew my mind. So it was really slow on the main lake there at Lake Martin, and and it was hot. Like I jumped off the pier at one point to go for a swim, and as soon as I hit that water, I regretted it. Like the surface temperature was ninety two or something like that, and it just it felt. Yeah, you're just you're just sitting there. You feel like you're in a jacuzzi (laughs) without the bubbles, and it's a weird feeling. And as soon as I jumped in, I was I wanted right back out. But I'm like, well, I'm wet now, so I'm gonna swim for a little bit. But uh. We we did that for a couple of days and I finally broke down and man, I hit that Tallapoosa river and I found me some little tributaries and uh, I, I spent the day uh, busting my butt and I got to get me a pair of wading boots, but it was wild that you could drive 45 minutes and get off that lake a little bit and get up into some of that, that, those creeks, those tributaries. And it feels like spring all over again. Like the bugs weren't there. It was cool in the Creek bottom, the water felt refreshing. And like you said, Uh, I started off, you know, fishing nymphs and subsurface stuff, and then I switched over to topwater, and I was getting red eyes just blowing up on topwater like it was turkey season again. It was crazy. It was like you just dialed back the clock three or four months.
3: (laughs) That's right. Hey, those little jokers um, are absolutely acrobatic, and they are eager, and they'll give you... That's one good thing about that fish is those fish will give you two, three, four, five chances sometimes, you know, where... If you're a typical fisherman, you know, you, you the largemouth and the Alabama bass, a.k.a. spots and things like that, and even smallies, you know, they only give you one or two shots, but those red-eye bass, man, they're they're hungry, they're eager, they're good fighters. Yeah, they're just a great little sport fish,
0: they, uh, especially, really, like you said,
3: if you're willing to get off the beaten path.
0: They really were. It, it surprised me, so I had never caught one. The first four or five that I pulled up, I kept expecting them to be bigger than they were. They definitely, pound for pound, <laughs> they have a good bit of fight to them i didn't catch any that were particularly big i don't think i hit any that were you know 12 inches or anything like that but uh there, there's a noticeable difference between hooking up on a red eye bass and a similar sized you know red breast or, or green sunfish or something like that they're definitely they're pretty funky and if they can get out in that current kind of use that current to their advantage they'll uh a couple of them got me in some tricky situations for as small as they were so
3: that's right man it's a it's a hoot and a half and you know and the way to make it more fun is just just dial down on the, the weight of the rod you're using or like if you're conventionally fishing, just go to a really small ultralight tackle setup and you can have an absolute ball.
0: They would be, so the first couple that I caught, uh, that's what I did. I actually took some ultralight tackle just because I wanted to make sure that they were there and I got more faith in, in small spinning gear than I do in my fly rod. And uh, Best fish finder you can have. <laughs> That's it, man. On on the ultralight tackle, some two-pound test and throwing some little bitty crappie jigs, they hit those too. And uh, I imagine they'd do real well. I didn't fish them, but I had some crick hoppers and some little small topwater bugs. And uh, they just right. didn't seem very picky, man. It was very different fishing out on the lake. A lot of the fishing that you do in the summer, you're trying to coax fish into bite, and you got to fish real slow and, and just really kind of dial it back. And fish are struggling with the heat. But, man, not in those creeks. Those, those fish are doing just fine up there in those creeks.
3: Oh yes, wonderful! And you know that Cahaba River right now is it's prime time. And you still have a little bit of cloudiness too. I think that'll be at your advantage this weekend. Um, Like I said, with those intermittent rains, you've got a little bit of cloudiness in the water. You know, the visibility, the fish won't see as much. Once it becomes gin clear, you'll have to really kind of dial in on your casting. Um, But they'll still be just as eager. But yeah, you're gonna. I think you're going to be in for a mighty fine time.
0: Well, I'm I'm hoping so, and I'm hoping to catch some more. Uh, I caught my very first. Alabama bass. I think well, last time we talked, I told you I'd never caught one. I don't fish up that way much. Uh, right. I, I caught one of those, and that was a pretty fish. And again, one of them who uh when he when he when I set that hook in him for that first few seconds, I thought I had a substantially bigger fish on the line than what I actually did. <laughs> So, so tell me, if, if you're catching some of those up there on the Cahaba River, man, tell me about that. How's that been going lately?
3: It's been going really well. You know, the size of them, they lose that belly, the Alabama bass. They lose that belly this time of year, but you still get those really long fish that are really, really eager and motivated. Um, if you're fishing the Cahaba River this time of year, um, your early morning, uh, it's kind of traditional, you know, in regards to that, your early morning bite's going to be kind of, kind of the best for top water and then uh, as, the, as the sun creeps out just start throwing some streamers or some heavy stuff but we're, we've been doing pretty good we've been uh, on the trips i've been taking lately i mean we're putting an easy 20 30 fish in the boat um, with uh, people that know how to fish people that are not as experienced um, with fishing it's just a matter of where do you need to put your lure and um, how to fish typically hold in a creek so if you're if you're looking for alabama bass they should be in the bottoms of shoals right now they will hold to rocks more so than logs. And they will um, they'll hide underneath small rock shelves even in six inches of water. If you see a good rock shelf before you get up there and spook them, cast out, let your, your fly or your pop or whatever it is kind of come from the, the outside of the inside of the, the rock shelf and then bring it out, let it drop down across that rock ledge or pop it across the water surface um, and they'll surprise you. Those Alabama bass, they're they are mean. <laughs> they are a lot of fun. But yeah, they've been I've been fishing pretty good for them. Um, they're really marked up right now, so they're in their their full colors and they're uh, they're eager. They're hungry.
0: Yeah, this this one that I caught he he exactly hit all of your points. He he hit it like a freight train. And once I had him up in the net, he was very vibrant compared to uh, the fish that we have down here right now in this old muddy, dingy delta water. And and it's it constantly surprised me fishing in those rocky streams. Our streams down here, the ones that you can wade are real sandy. And they got a lot of tannin. Right. And you kind of know, you know, where they'll be in the deeper holes and stuff. But it, it surprised me. There were some places that I threw to, mainly because I was wading in the beginning from pool to pool, and you know looking for the deeper pools looking for structure and stuff like that but just casting a little bit mainly just because you know you're walking 50 yards so you may as well you know flick a bug that way and it really surprised me those fish do not need a lot of water in those creeks i mean sometimes you're sitting there and you're casting and you think that you're looking at the bottom and and you're looking at six inches of water it seems like and then next thing you know you've done done thrown your bug and it catches you off guard <laughs> something <laughs> hits it and you're like well where in where did he come
3: from that's right and i'm glad you just brought that topic
0: up and
3: and hopefully i'm not taking too much time but those alabama bass i tell people all the time when that water gets clear or shallow you'll notice you'll throw at a target um and it may come out from underneath it it very well may and you didn't realize that there was an area for a fish to hold but um you can, uh, you can throw out and don't, don't just pay, it. put your popper in the right place. Try to feed the bank and uh, bring it off the bank as natural as possible. You know, an irregular popping pattern, um, nothing too acoustic, but nothing just completely dead in the water. And uh, you'll be surprised. You'll see fish come from, this time of year, you'll see them come from 10, even 15 feet away, just a missile, and they will just destroy your lure. And, those big, and if you're going to be fishing and you see some big fish, Um, some big alabama bass majority of the time they'll come out really hot and fast and then they stop and then they'll look at your lure and then they'll turn where their nose is facing upstream and your lure is ahead of them and they'll let it float back down and they'll sip it just like a trout or just like anything else man you're in you're in for a fight it's amazing 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 but fish it like there's a fish there every time
0: it, I think that's good advice is just, just to assume that there's a fish there because it, it really blew. I cannot stress how much it blew my mind, how, how fish would just appear out of nowhere. You know, you're sitting there in that shallow water and you're like, well, if there's a fish there, I'd see it. And you throw a bug there and you're like, well, I guess I was wrong. I guess either I'm blind or like you said, <laughs> I was wondering if they weren't coming from from somewhere else. And I, a couple of times I did see them. It surprised me how fast they'll move. And like you said, I, I had some come from several feet away instantly. Just, just to hit a lure. So it, it was definitely, if if folks are looking, I know summertime, kind of some, some down period and a lot of people are waiting for the water to cool back off. But man, if you've got access to, to some of the cleaner, shallower, faster flowing rivers here in the south, it's an awesome time to go do that thing. And, and that leads me to my, to my next question, Stephen. So you've been guiding and I hear you've been staying pretty busy. Uh, if folks want to book a trip with you, what's a good way to reach out to you?
3: Right, so um, so I own Fly Fishing Alabama. It's a um, fly fishing guide service. We have a couple guides that guide on the uh, the Cahaba River, and then we have some fellas. If you want to move up towards North Alabama, do smallmouth fishing too. Um, but we have a website it's www.flyfishingalabama.com you can reach out that way my cell phone's number on there i'm i'm pretty easy to talk to if you don't get me just leave me a message and then um, also instagram fly Fishing alabama and then facebook is fly Fishing alabama llc and yeah any of those any of those portals or outlets and and hey i'm an open book you don't have to book a trip with me but you're more than welcome to just reach out if you have a question about the Cahaba. I might consider myself a, a Cahaba River champion. At least that's what David Butler, the riverkeeper, calls me. <laughs> so my job is to help you and uh, find a good spot to get on the river and enjoy your time and, you know, take kind of the questions out of it for you. So if anybody wants to send me a message or anything like that, I'm, I'm an open book. I'll answer it to the best ability without giving you my, my perfect spot. <laughs> I won't give you my perfect spot, but I'll give you a good spot
0: there we go guys i can testify Stephen is just a wealth of knowledge on the cahaba river we got a article coming up in great days outdoors next month about some different river trails in the cahaba river made the list and, and Stephen told me everything that that i could have possibly asked to know about the cahaba river so he's real knowledgeable about that river system real knowledgeable about catching fish on it if you if you're new to it uh definitely give him a call or if you just you know if you just want to borrow that uh, that swanky boat that I see on his Facebook post, y'all, uh, y'all give him a copy.
3: <laughs> I'm not that easy. <laughs> I was just going to say, I also do conventional tackle. If somebody's wanting to, to try fly fishing but doesn't want to burn a day, um, I do conventional as well. So you can always practice fly fishing, try to catch a couple of fish like that, but you can still catch a lot of fish on conventional.
0: There we go, guys. I can could, I could tell you that's uh, that's pretty tolerant for a fly fishing guy to let you use spin tackle. <laughs> Well, Stephen, as always, I appreciate your time. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. And uh, send me some pictures, some of them fish you've been catching.
3: That sounds good. All right, Nick. Well, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later.
0: Yes, sir. Have a good evening. You too. All right, guys. That was Stephen Rockerts with Fly Fishing in Alabama. Always good talking with him. Let's take a quick break and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They love trade-ins for boats and motors. They can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians. Visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama, 35907 zip code, or give them a call at 256- 442-2588 442-2588 alrighty folks so that's going to wrap up this week's show if you've enjoyed this episode please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen and if you'd like for us to email you the podcast you can just text fishing to 314-665-1767 again just text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 subscribe to our email list and we'll send you the new show each week This week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fish and game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit texashunter.com. Also brought to you by LM Marine. LM Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats to pontoons to bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. You can visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama. Or give them a call at 251-937-1380 also by southeastern pond management since 1989 southeastern pond management has been a leader in pond and lake management services schedule an obligation-free consultation today call 1-888-830 pond or info at sepond.com also brought to you by dixie supply Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply manufacture a variety of metal roofing systems to meet your needs. Whether you're putting a new roof on your home or sheeting a commercial building, they have you covered. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Also brought to you by Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to see more.